Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show you that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're glad you joined us here for the conversation as we're challenged from the book of 1 Samuel to let God lead. Now let's hear what Kurt has to say. And welcome back, friends, to yet another episode of Everyday Truth. So glad that uh, you're staying with us, and we are nearing the end of the book. We are just going to complete, Lord willing, today, chapter number 26. David has had a couple of experiences with Saul now where he, the Lord, by his providence, has given David this, this upper hand. And David, you know, for all intents and purposes, has had his enemy right there and yet has chosen to spare him. You know, God has worked in David's life, Pastor, as we've talked about before, where David's men on occasions have, have wanted David to kill him. But David has said, I'm not going to touch God's anointed. I will let vengeance be God's. I'll leave it in God's hand. And so David really shows us how to exercise restraint in the midst of situations where we might like to act out in our flesh. Remember, the first episode was when Saul kind of happened upon David's hideout. But the second episode here, David sneaks right down into the camp. An amazing, uh, daring thing. And now is having this, this conversation across the way with him. We ended in verse 17 that Saul knew David's voice and said, Is this thy voice, my son David? David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Wherefore doth my lord thus pursue after his servant? For what have I done? What evil is in mine hand? Now, interestingly, John, we've already been through all this. David has already gone through this line of logic, this line of reasoning. Saul has already, quote, unquote, I'm using finger quotes right now, repented and seen the error of his ways. But uh, he just continues to revert back to this dogged pursuit of David. You know, we have seen Saul in relationship to Samuel, in relationship to David, where Saul appears to repent, but we know he doesn't really repent. And you're right, Pastor, he is as doggedly determined, I'm going to get David. And he even sometimes acts as, as if God is on his side wanting Saul to get David. That is just very twisted thinking. First Peter uh, chapter, Second uh, Peter chapter, is it chapter 2? Uh, John, I'm trying to, yeah, I think it's chapter two at the end where it talks about when there's no substance in a believer, when there's not real faith, when there's not a real bona fide uh, walk with the Lord, that he's going to be going right back to his vomit like a dog does, going right back to the wallowing in the mire like a, like a pig does. And we find that Saul continues to go back to these messy habits you know, Saul does. This is just his. We've seen it many times right now. And it is a stark contrast between Saul and David in seeing how these two men respond when they do wrong, how they repent and move forward or don't repent and go back to their slop, so to speak. Yeah, precisely. Look at verse number 19. Now, therefore, I pray thee, let my Lord, the king, hear the words of his servant. If the Lord have stirred thee up against me, let him accept an offering. But if they be the children of men, cursed be then they before the Lord. For they have driven me out this day from abiding in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, go serve other gods. You just have to love the humility of David. 
Uh, David kind of has that is it I spirit of the apostles to say, hey, I'm not saying I'm perfect. And if there's something I've done wrong, then, then let's, let's talk about it and l- let that be revealed. But as far as I know, my conscience is clean. Come on. Yeah, David does. David says, you know, I'm willing to make an offering if necessary. And David even shows that these people are trying to drive him away from the covenant God of Israel and saying, David, you go serve other gods. What is ironic is that here Saul is, he's not serving God anyways, really. And yet David is a man of God. And yet people are misjudging him and trying to get him away from them uh, because they don't care about him. Which is so so very ironic because... It was David whom God used to defend the honor of the living God in front of the respective armies when he stood against Goliath. And now it seems as if those armies whom he delivered, those armies in whose eyes he defended God, are now pressuring him to leave the God that he has defended. And the reality is these people know better than that. If they were to stop and think, they can look at David, see what David's like. But obviously Saul's judgment is clouded. And Saul as the leader has also affected other people where they are not judging David aright. You know, every one of these, this is Saul's elite guard. Uh, Abner is his elite general. Uh, All of these men were alive. All of these men were available during that battle of Elah, uh, any one of them could have stood up and said, I'll fight the giant, and yet none of them did. David is a, an extenuated example to them of their own lack of courage and their own lack of devotion to the God whom they claim to serve. You have to wonder if some of these people didn't smart in their hearts, you know, their their feelings and their pride when they saw this young guy step up. And you have to wonder throughout the life of David how that did not figure out, figure into the situation sometimes in that David, a young man, served God. These people did not serve God. And now often they, are, they oppose David as he tries to follow God now. Look at uh, verse number 20. Now, therefore, let not my blood fall to the earth. David is continuing to speak. Let not my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea as one one doth hunt a partridge in the mountains. Again, David is just downplaying. Saul, why have you devoted all of your time, your energy, and your resources to hunt me? I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. Uh, This does not make any sense logically. It doesn't make any sense devotionally. Stop. You have to, David is a, you have to love his heart here. He's just a humble individual. This is just not false pretense. David really says, hey, you know, I am a nobody in your kingdom, Saul. You know, just go do what you ought to be doing. Don't worry about me. You have to love the humility of David in his heart. Verse number 21, then said Saul, I have sinned. Return my son, David. For I will no more do thee harm, because my soul was precious in thine eyes this day. Behold, I have played the fool, and have erred exceedingly. Again, if we were to take that verse at face value, we would say that's a great example of repentance. It's short, it's sweet, it's specific, but it's not sincere. How do we know that? 
We know that because of what Saul has already said, and we know that because we know what's going to happen in the future. This is Saul's emotional moment, but it has nothing to do with biblical conviction. You know, that is what is sad in Saul's life is we just think back to 1 Samuel 11. Saul started out so well and leading against the enemy of Israel, but Saul is far from that spot now, and he really has wasted many years not following God, but just serving himself and his desires. Verse number 22, David answered and said, Behold the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and fetch it. Immediately, David was willing to take Saul at his word. Immediately, David was willing to let bygones be bygones. Here's the, here's the spear. Send somebody over here to get it. Uh, I'm not your enemy. You have nothing to fear. Verse 23, the Lord rendered to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered thee into my hand today, but I would not stretch forth mine hand against the Lord's anointed. I think that this is my favorite verse in this section because what David is essentially saying here is, hey, God's going to do what's right here. And I don't know that David trusted Saul. He's not dumb. He's humble. He's certainly willing to give Saul the benefit of the doubt, but he's not unwise. But David puts his faith and his trust in God to say, God is going to do what's right by this. Uh, I'm not going to try to affect a judgment. God's more than able to handle it. You know, what, a, what a great example to us is David, you know, he talks about God and how God's in control and God will do right. Reminds us, and the last time he saw Saul, he had the chance to kill Saul, how that David then brought, da- brought God in the equation and said, God is the final judge. That was David's bedrock decision in his life. And he, knew, he knew he could trust in God. Verse 24, And behold, as thy life was much set by this day in mine eyes. So let my life be much set by in the eyes of the Lord. Let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Wow. So David essentially, my friends, is saying, hey, in the same way that I valued Saul's life. Now, he doesn't say, Saul, you need to value my life that way. Because David knew. I can't put my confidence in an unfaithful man like Saul. But Lord, the way that I have treated Saul, the way I have valued him, Lord, would you set my, set my life in, in, in your estimation with that kind of value? It really reminds me of what Jesus said when he said, uh, if we forgive not men their, trans- their, their trespasses, why should our heavenly father forgive us? David is saying, well, I want to treat others the way that I want the Lord to treat me. I think in Galatians 6 as well, Pastor, we talk about this, how that talks about, you know, you reap what you sow. We often hear that used in negative context. As you know, in chapter 6, actually used in a positive context, how that, you know, God does see what we do. We do reap what we sow. And David has sowed that which is good. And David, you know, can expect that God will, you know, give him a bountiful blessing of a harvest because of the way what David has sowed in his life. Don't you love the language, as thy life was much set by this day in mine eyes? That's a good way to look at others. Their life is much set by. We place a high value on others. And here, this is his mortal enemy, uh, placing a high value on the weaker brother, the Bible says in Romans 15. 
placing a high value on a fellow church member, Philippians chapter 2. But then Jesus taught us placing high value even on our enemies and those that would despitefully use us and persecute us. And David here is a great example of just that principle. Last verse I'll read is verse 25. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be thou, my son David. Thou shalt both do great things and also shalt still prevail. So David went on his way and Saul returned to his place. There was something about David and in any given moment, especially these moments, Saul knew, he knew God's going to bless him. David's done what's right. And I think that Saul believed it with all of his heart in that moment until once again, the cycle began. Once again, the flesh took over. And once again, he went right back to where he started from. And I think what a, what a path of diversion we have here where David goes on his way, the young man who's trusting in God, following God, and is going to do great and mighty things for God. And King Saul, who for many years now has gone away from God, has not followed God. And Saul goes on his way. And it, what, what we see about Saul moving forward is only going to get worse. Two widely divergent pathways these men are trotting, and it will end up in great, greatly different locations they end at. Maybe today, my friends, you're struggling with somebody who just doesn't value you. Uh, Maybe it's somebody who's very close to you. In David's case, it was his father-in-law, who was his king. It might be in your life a spouse, uh, a parent, a friend whom you thought would and should be loyal to you. Maybe even a religious leader, a pastor, a youth pastor. You know, we don't have to respond in kind. We can still value those who devalue us. We can still ask God to use us to be a a voice of reason in their lives. And at the end of the day, let God sort it out. Love people, serve people, don't take the bait, and just see how God uses you with the Spirit of Christ. So I hope that helps today. We're going to start a brand new chapter uh, next episode. Hope you'll join us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.